Hey, you scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to Records of the Republic, a podcast where we talk about all things Star Wars, from canon to the EU to Legends content and more. We are your hosts, Wade and Kevin, and we're going to make the jump to light speed as we try to tackle today's topic of conversation with you. Strap yourself in, and don't get cocky, as we embark on this journey together into the Star Wars universe. What's up, everybody? We have a Wadeless episode today. I am back, uh, the, I guess, third of records now. I'm Kevin, uh, joined by Alex here, and we're going to change things up a little bit. We are not records of the Republic today. We are records of the Empire. I am Team Empire all the way. I don't know where you fall, Alex, but I guess... Reintroduce yourself and, and let us know. Yeah, where I guess stand. we want to find out. I mean, this is the special edition Records of the Empire. Cue the Imperial March. Cue the Tie Fighters screaming past. I mean, you're you're pro Empire. I uh, I guess the Republic did become the Empire at the end of the day, and we would have been absorbed into it. So, you know, I, I guess at the moment we are Team Empire. How how could I even question? It? Yeah, we are the Empire today. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to miss Wade. You know, he had some stuff come up last minute and, you know, we just, we decided to, to roll on. I was too excited to wait again, but I got to show you something that I don't think that I'll post it for the the listeners later, but we're Empire. I, I don't know if you've ever seen no, my huge look at that. Vader tattoo, Empire right. logo. Yeah. Yeah. How could I, I can't question you. Yeah. I am married, married to the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I figured I would start off with a bit of a a life update. It's been a month and a half, two months since I've been here. Thank you for filling in for me. Uh, I listened to the episodes and it was, they were great. You know, you, you and Wade definitely had good chemistry and I'm definitely glad that you're sticking around. Um, so we're moved in. Everything went really well. Uh, we are mostly done, you know, with, the unpacking and stuff. There's some, some stuff that's left over, but most of it's done. Um, things went off mostly without a hitch. A couple small things popped up that got dealt with, and we're ready for the holidays. You know, we put up our Christmas tree already. Um, we are very much ignore Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll enjoy Thanksgiving this week, uh, but it's Christmas after Halloween. It's Christmas, so yeah. Um, where, no, what about, it's where the same thing with, uh, with my family now, um, and we weren't always that way um, until I don't know the last couple of years. And I think now it's like the aesthetic that I just really look forward to. Like I love Halloween, so I'm all like, if you can get the corn stalks, if you have that type of yard with the lampposts, or get the pumpkins, like do the whole thing. But I love yeah. like, especially all the indoor things for Christmas decorations, you know, even beyond the tree, like just, I, I love like the Christmas villages that people have, like the light up thing. So um, for us, we got our trees up, like I said, like trees, um, we got them up a couple weeks ago. So I was pretty jazzed about that. All the ornaments too. So it's been, you know, Christmas vibes for a couple of weeks now. 
nice. Um, I we we put up the tree last night, and I was gonna stop and post some of the Star Wars ornaments that we have, and I just didn't get around to it. So I will do that soon. Um, but those those are my favorite ones. I love I love cool ornaments. Um, you know, color and yeah, and we should. Um, me and Wade but, should do that too. Kind of like maybe pick out a couple of the the Star Wars specific ornaments from our trees and stuff because I got some good ones, and we we all probably have at least five of the same ornaments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm a prequel guy through and through. I have no prequel representation. I have OT and sequels on my tree, but no, well, no Anakin. I mean, you were just saying before we officially hit record about like the difference with our fandom being. I definitely do a lot of the collecting. You do a little less so. And I mean, what you just said. I mean, that's been the collecting world too. I mean. I would say the last 10 years so heavily favored original trilogy and the sequels, of course, like understandably, but there was a lot of prequel anniversaries that like, I would look forward to a Funko like, uh, or especially the Phantom Menace and attack of the clones. Like there were so few Anakin Funko pops until like last year. And so for years prior, I was like, where, you know, we're not getting like a 20 year thing for like 2019 with Funko and the Phantom Menace anniversary. Um, You know, now we're getting it. But yeah, I think this is like the prequel era, even though there's so much great, like content leading original trilogy and sequel trilogy, like we're getting the prequel stuff on the side, even if it's just merchandise now. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I am a big fan of that because if it came out when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have any of it. Um, so no, no complaints there, but it's really cool to, you know, I'm unboxing stuff slowly down here and it, I haven't seen a lot of my Funkos in months and, uh, they, they still look good and, and make me smile. So I have, I have that Anakin one from attack of the clones that they put out last year. Wade got it for me. That's probably mm-hmm. my I know exactly one. the one you're talking about. Um, yeah. D- uh, both lightsabers. It's it's the best. But, I mean, outside of that, the move, that's really what my life has been for the last couple of weeks. And I'm really, really excited to be back um, and getting back on a regular schedule with this. But, so this, we, we've texted a bunch, you know, over the last month or, month or so. And then even further back on, on Twitter, you know, DMing back and forth every once in a while. But this is our first like verbal face-to-face conversation. So I figured it would be good to get to know each other a little bit. And, you know, cause Wade, Wade and I are very different, you know, with, we love Star Wars and there are, there's lots of overlap, but there's, we love different things about it. Um, so I would love for you to tell me about like your Star Wars origins and, you know, what, what's got you here at Records of the Empire? <laughs> um, Why, well, thank you. I mean, I gladly am going to be asking you the same questions. Um, because I think, I mean, you mentioned something about how, like, Star Wars can be different for, you know, even yourself and Wade. And I really wonder, like, if you can, how granular you can go, like, age-wise. Is it, like, every two years, like, Star Wars can be something different to that age group, you know, because if you look at yourself, Wade and I, we're only two to three years different a piece, but Star Wars is different to each of us. So for me, I mean, it's really hard for me to remember a time without Star Wars. Um, you know, I was born in 91. So by the time I was like movie theater going age, that's when the special editions were coming out. So 
my earliest Star Wars memory would definitely be like seeing Return of the Jedi special edition in theaters. So like that had to have been 97, I think. Um, like, okay. What did you love? Like what, what kept you coming back? I, it must have been the adventure. Like I, it just, it, it was adventure. It was the fact that it was its own reality, its own world. It was truly like a galaxy far, far away. And, you know, it's funny you, you asked that question because um, I had Empire Strikes Back playing in the background just a couple hours ago. And I think, I, I don't know what made me think about Lucas casting, like the unknowns, as we've always heard. And, you know, now I wonder, like, if he did so for the younger viewers or young adult viewers to just really immerse themselves in a world with actors they weren't familiar with. You know, like thinking back to those days, it wasn't, you know, let's say Charlton Heston, who was a huge, huge worldwide star back in the 60s and 70s and even before that. If he was in Star Wars, it might have taken some people out of it versus, you know, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. Like, you know, that would have never taken me out of it, even if, like, let's say when I'm growing up, there's a lot of Harrison Ford movies on the background. It just... I I was able to separate those things, you know, it was, so I think it being so immersive is what drew me in. And, you know, it just became like the story I followed um, before I had any other story to, to soak up. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, I remember watching Return of the Jedi um, a ton as a kid. Um, as an adult, I would say, I think Empire is probably higher on my list. Uh, which we talked about, Wayne and I talked about, you know, a couple months ago when we were going through all the movies. Um, but as a kid, it was Return of the Jedi. I, I loved that one. I don't know if it was the green lightsaber, the just it looked a little bit better. Um, and then even to this day, I love like it's probably top three. Anything, any scene in that movie that was Luke and Vader or Palpatine. Like those, those are my favorite Star Wars moments. Um, for me, I don't really have an origin story. I don't know who showed me Star Wars. Probably it was my parents, but my parents really aren't big Star Wars fans, at least not even close to, you know, the level that right. you know, we are. Um, I wouldn't even call them casual fans. I think they just know the movies and we're like, hey, you should know this movie. Uh, it's a classic. But um, I just remember watching them. You know, I, the, I saw Re Revenge of the Sith in theaters as a kid. And, you know, I remember me and my brother loved it. And we would both reenact the Obi-Wan Anakin fight. And I was always Anakin because I thought he was cooler. Of course. Um, we all did. Yeah. I mean, he just, I still do. You know, Wade doesn't agree. He's he's an Obi Wan guy, and Listen, I love Obi Wan. I had um, I had like I love all Anakin. of the attempts at the Anakin mullet haircut growing up. Like when I was, I, I don't know, <laughs> like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It it probably I never pulled it off. I'm not going to say probably never. I know I never pulled it off. But in my imagination, I'm like, yeah, I look just like Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. I'm cool. I can I can do all the things he can do. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I used to, I didn't have, um, one of the mm -hmm. actual sabers. We didn't like, we didn't really grow up with a lot of money. 
Um, I had some, but I took care of those. Like the ones that I did have, even though they were like the cheap $10, I took care of them. I was not fighting with them because I knew it would get marked up. So I had one of those yellow wiffle ball bats. Um, and I liked it. You know, I liked it, it was skinny. Like it, it felt like it was right. Could have been a the original yellow. Um, so I, I would fight with that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but for a long time, that was kind of it. You know, I didn't really, I would say in the last two years, three years is when, um, my star Wars fandom really mushroomed. You know, Wade and I, Wade and I went to see the force awakens in theaters when that came out. Um, and I was definitely a big fan, but I hadn't really explored anything. And I really think that part of that is because, you know, we grew up with the with the prequels. You said you were born in 91. I was born in 96. So I think I'm like a year or so younger than Wade. Um, we grew up being told that the, those movies stunk and, you know, they were, were terrible and um, if you said anything positive about them. So I just didn't, you know, I, so I didn't really connect with people with star Wars because I just, I don't know. I didn't want to be told how bad what I enjoyed was. And I even started sharing some of the same talking points of like, you know, Jar Jar sucks and Hayden Christensen can't act. And um, it wasn't until like a couple of years, all of it, Hayden played that role perfectly. You know, I don't love some of the the dialogue. I do think that criticism is legitimate. You know, there are some scenes where I'm like, oh, come on, you know, George, you're great, but you're not a, you, you're not, this isn't for you. Um, Anakin and Padme and Attack of the Clones come to mind. I just, I don't, I don't do it. Um, but, you know, you get older and you kind of get cooler with yourself you know, and not trying to, you know, enjoy what everybody else enjoys. And so I was just kind of like, you know what? I like this. I don't care if you don't like it. I like it. Um, and then after that is when I really started to meet people and, and make friends with Star Wars fans. And then you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I wasn't talking to people, so I didn't know that there was this huge amount of, you know, books and comics and all this extra content. So uh, I know the movies very well, but um, like even Clone Wars, I, just like you, I didn't really watch that until I was an adult. Um, so it, there, it's hard for me to think about it the way that like Wade thinks about it or a lot of other people do. I love it. You know, I love I love the, all the animated shows, but like he can recall any detail and I just know arcs, you know, Um couldn't even tell you really where they fit in. I just know I liked them. And even when I hear people talking about, you know, the clones and their personalities and stuff, when I first watched it, I didn't know to look for that kind of thing. So, you know, I was just paying attention to the story, not like, oh, this clone has a cool personality. And then it was kind of too late once I figured it out. I was already too deep. So I'm still, I'm still learning all of that stuff. But I think a lot of it is because um, there wasn't space for me to enjoy what I enjoyed. Well, I mean, you hit on so many key things about growing up with Star Wars the way we did. I mean, you mentioned, you know, growing up and having the wiffle bat and that being a lightsaber. And it was the same thing in my house, though, as well. I mean, I had the that like that skinny wiffle ball. Do you remember like the the thicker red wiffle ball bat, which was not 
you know it was not yeah. visually lightsaber friendly but if you didn't have a red lightsaber that was working for you um i so speaking of like the green lightsaber um i broke a a return of the jedi lightsaber toy when i was younger and my dad like carefully pieced it pieced the blade like back together with tape and all so that it was still usable but I mean, is something I think about today is like Star Wars is inescapable. And for me, for Wade, and especially for yourself, like we could escape it back when we were growing up. I mean, I speak about how immersive it was for me and it was a lifestyle. But I also think back to like how, you know, you, I mean, you say yourself, like, the lightsabers, like there was a lot of $10 lightsabers, but I was getting the same lightsabers and there wasn't necessarily like high quality toys around for star Wars all of the time when we grew up. And especially like without the movies, um, I think like you could go without seeing star Wars toys for a little bit. Um, so I think in that way, it was definitely like easy to grow up a little bit without star Wars when it wasn't like on a television screen, you know? Yeah, it's like what you talked about last week about scarcity. Yeah, there isn't really yeah, anymore. absolutely. Like, I mean, anywhere you look in a toy aisle, you're going to see something. You know, you want to see a Lego set from any era now. Um, and that's awesome. But, you know, I, I actually I made a note how um, when it was easy to escape, you actually had to still kind of hunt for more Star Wars, whether it was like a Star Wars fan magazine or... I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with like the hyperspace official fan club. It was like an early 2000s. Yeah, it was like a StarWars.com. Or like I remember, I remember when there wasn't a StarWars.com. Like that, that that goes back to the scarcity thing, you know? Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, I mean, you just unlocked a memory for me. I used to visit that site all the time. And just browse it, and you know, I I would spend so much time on there, man. I wish I could go back and like, no, no, look at that, read that. That's going to be important. You <laughs> yes, know? print that out, take a picture of it. <laughs> um, so another, <laughs> you know, another thing you said is like yeah. you did grow up in an era with the prequel criticism, and I was still so young. Like I, I tweeted something the other day about being eight years old when the Phantom Menace came out, and. I think my parents did a great job of recognizing that like, Hey, star Wars is so important to him, even though they may have been aware of criticism. Cause I do, you know, now I think back to memories that I just couldn't register then. And I know there was like newspaper stories about feedback to the movies, which emphasizes how far reaching that feedback was and still how much of a phenomenon the movies were. Um, but regardless of that, like I was too young to understand the criticism, like as an eight year old. And it wasn't until I was an 11 year old seeing Attack of the Clones that I kind of start to understand that these movies were being viewed differently than the originals. Um, but at the same time, like then I'm a 14 year old when Revenge of the Sith comes out and everyone seems to love that, even the naysayers. So I'm like, all right, we're all on board. But then that's like the last Star Wars movie, you know, air quote. Um, So Star Wars went away again. And I mean, you mentioned how you're discovering all the books and the comics. And that's kind of how I survived with Star Wars from 2005 until 2008. Um, You know, because for me, I kind of mentioned this last week, but when the Clone Wars like came out, I wasn't really a fan of it. 
Um, and I didn't see like the Clone Wars movie when it was in theaters in 2008. Um, so it just didn't connect with me because I was a fan of like all the Clone Wars comics and books, the 2D series that were kind of being sidestepped for the sake of the new show. Um, and I mean, trust me, like I'm trying to do my own research into that because there's a lot of historical debate on Reddit about what was canon and what wasn't. And that's, I think you're probably starting to see that as you're dipping your toes into that part of the fandom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for me, the prequels are also so nostalgic because it brings me back to, you know, preteen years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, seeing what they're doing right now, adding the prequel era stuff and giving it like a curtain call is so nice. Like it, it, it makes me feel like a kid. Like I remember there aren't a lot, I don't really have great memory, um, but there are very few moments that I like remember vividly what happened. And um, I will never forget. Uh, I think it was episode five of Ahsoka, the one that Anakin um, showed up. I will never, I will never, like, I was sitting at my desk at the the house before this one, of course, and, you know, I was watching it on this computer, and I had my headphones in, and I was just, like, (laughs) I was in awe. Like, it was just, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening. I was just, like, oh, my God, this is unbelievable, and the same thing happened with uh, Mando season two finale with Luke. Uh, I I cried over that one. Um, and it's just, it's really cool that these things, specifically the prequel era things, even Ahmed Best, you know, getting his, uh, his curtain call, their final, like getting their, their moment. And one, one thing that I think will live in my head forever is, seeing Hayden Christensen at Celebration this past year or the year before, I can't remember. And, you know, they, they were bringing him to tears because of, you know, the, the standing ovation. They, he was finally seeing the reward from what he created, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah, and I, I mean, what are your thoughts about Jake Lloyd with that? I mean, he's another one that I think just really, I, I just really wish he could get that recognition and that, embrace i don't think that he wants it at this point it's really sad and i think he deserves it but yeah i just i don't think that he wants it and um we've covered it before but i really do think that star wars fans that are responsible for that should be ashamed of themselves uh you know the he was a kid you know even if he did a bad job he's a kid you know i don't think they did a bad job but like they, I think, I really think that his life is pretty much ruined because of how he was treated. And, you know, Ahmed Best, we know, we know his story and what Star Wars fans drove him to come very, very close to doing. Um, and it's, it's sad to see that that really, really haven't learned our lesson. Some, some have, but there's like, there's so much still out there where, you know, people feel like it's okay to be brutal to these people and maybe forget or not care that they're human beings, you know, and this is as much as we love it, it is still make-believe. 
Um, and it's not worth, it's not worth making somebody feel like they're not worthy of being here anymore. Yeah. It cannot be, you know, underemphasized, like how shameful as you put it. I mean, folks should feel for ragging on Jake Lloyd the way that they did. Um, and especially, I mean, that era, I mean, again, like he was only a couple years older than me and we were growing up in an era where technology was changing rapidly. Um, you know, you were able to get in touch with your classmates when you weren't in school any longer, which was leading to online bullying, you know, instant messaging was happening. It's like, I can only imagine, I mean, what was reaching Jake and let alone from adults, um, you know, so it's really tough to imagine, um, so, I mean, I wish he could get that recognition, but as you said, I mean, he doesn't seem to really want it, um, you know, to maybe go to back to a more positive thing, you know, do you, you mentioned like the curtain call, do you think, you know, Lucasfilm is going to have the restraint from dipping into the prequel pool? Like, do you want to see them do more prequel era stuff or are you happy kind of getting like, you know, this curtain call, as you've said, for like the past year or so? It's a tough question because I, I don't know, you know, <clears throat> I, I will take as much well, Vader as series. they will give me, but I also that's, recognize that's the question. Like a, sure. A yeah, I, I would be all about returning that. Uh, Vader series, you know, like a, a one season. Yeah. Um, at the same time though, I love good storytelling and you know, that to me is what's most important about Star Wars is getting good stories. And I would be worried that if we're going to stay with this and keep doing prequel era things, that it's going to get overdone. And I will always love it. Like, you'll never see, you won't see me complaining about it, but um, I'm worried that that would be bad for the brand, you know? Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I would agree. Um, the prequels you know, probably being one of the last vestiges of the George Lucas Star Wars era is why a lot of folks feel the same way as you do as far as like that protection over it. Um, and it's, you know, I keep going back to like the scarcity and the restraint. Um, but then you look at, you know, episode five of Ahsoka and I think about those, like those visions or, you know, the the world between world experience for Ahsoka, you know, back to her youth and, you know, seeing some of those, the Clone Wars um, battles depicted in live action. It's like, it's, it's so enticing. It's like, how can you not want more? But at the same time, you're like, yeah. it's so good because you're only getting a tease. It's, I, I don't know. Wade and I debated this uh, with Kenobi because, you know, when that show was wrapping up, we were talking about, do we want a season two? And, you know, my answer was the same. It was, yeah, I would watch a season two and I would love it, but why, you know, what are we adding to the overall story by having a season two here? Um, and personally, I think that where it ended, there's not enough left up in the air, in my opinion, for there to justify a season two, unless it's a whole new story. And then the question still remains, why are we doing yeah, this? Yeah, and I, it's funny that you say that because I think on a contextual level, I am very much a what is the point of the story um, 
and I don't know if that's just how my entertainment values have changed as I've gotten older, but like I really look for my stories to have meaning. And if the story doesn't have meaning or doesn't have importance to something, um, I guess for the overarching franchise, it's hard for me to get into it. And like you said, I mean, what other story for Kenobi can you tell that isn't stretching it a little too much? Because he already went on this mega adventure just now. Does he have another one in him? Right. And what would it be? You know, unfortunately, because of how these movies and shows, the order that they came out in, you're put into a box a little bit, right? I mean, if it was all in, in sequential order, sure, you have more freedom. You can... You can do whatever you want, but uh, a lot of this time is already accounted Well, are for. you familiar with um, the the television series Fargo, like based off of the – or as a follow-up to the movie Fargo? Heard so of it, but never I seen just it. recently watched a few seasons of that, and the cool thing about that is that it's another anthology series that the only thing that stays the same season to season is the name of the show – the style of the show, the aesthetics, but they may be in different eras. One season might be in the 60s, one might be in the 2010s, um, and they may have no connection besides they're set in or around Fargo. And I was just thinking today, actually, like I wish Star Wars, like live action television, so I guess I wish Lucasfilm kind of went a certain way with their television programming where it was just the Star Wars label, and this year it's a Mandalorian story, and next year it's a Boba Fett-specific story. The following year it's this, and I think that alleviates the pressure of, is there a Mando Season 3, or is there Ahsoka Season 2? Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, that also wouldn't happen because Mando was so popular. Of course, Disney wanted to pump out more of it. Yeah, I don't think we would get anything like that outside of animation. I do like it, though. Like, I like the idea of storytelling for the sake of storytelling, um, good stories, and we don't have to worry about necessarily where does this fit in canon? Is this good canon? Is it bad canon? Because I think that that conversation leads to a ton of what makes a lot of this community toxic. Um, I wanted to ask you, how did you, you said you, the, um, the EU got you through 05 to, um, like the 2010s. How did you feel about the, I don't want to call it decanonization of Disney because that's kind of a misnomer. It's not really what happened, but, um, the official, like, this is not canon anymore. How did you react? Um, I don't, I almost think I didn't even really react. I think I, like, I remember reading it. I I do genuinely remember reading it on my computer screen. I remember the website it was on. And I, I, you know, I think back then it was still an era of, you know, I don't have an, an ability to change it. So why am I going to have a real opinion on it? Or, you know, maybe I was also thinking it's like, all right, well, I still like those stories and, you know, let's see what actually comes to bear from this. Cause I was still like 2012. Um, and I think if I was bitter over it, I fell in love with the force awakens. Like the moment it started that any ill will just evaporated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, on the other side, like I got into this stuff years, probably 10 years after it was, 
officially uh, deemed not canon, I don't care. Like, it's very easy for me to, it's very, very easy for me to look at something and say, this is canon, this isn't. Still a cool story. I'm going to read it. Like, I've got a bunch of books that I have to read that I know aren't canon, but until they're not canon, for me, like, this is the story. There, Chances are, Disney's not going to, like, totally contradict it. Um, so, to me, that discussion is worthwhile. Like, I think it's important to know what is and isn't the official story. And um, I think it's a bit of defiance on some fans who you know, will just straight up deny Disney canon. You don't get to decide that, you know, like that's, that's not up to us. Uh, you don't have to like it. You don't have to like, you don't have to watch the last Jedi if you don't want to watch it, but it is the story. Yeah. Like that is Luke. I don't like it. I, I don't like that. That's the direction that Luke went, but there's all this stuff over here that is canon that where he was exactly the, the Luke that I like. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus on yeah, that. Yeah. And that. It's very easy well, to do. The, I mean, we're actually getting to something like a deep thing with Star Wars. And it's like, what what does it mean to someone? And is it something that can grow up or does it have to sort of be what it was, I think, when someone first came to it? I think a big – personally, I think a lot of folks had an issue with Luke's depiction in The Last Jedi because – he wasn't the Luke they saw as a child. And I 1 million percent get that. Yeah. And I don't blame someone for having those feelings. Um, I've since come around and realized Star Wars is changing just as the times are changing. And I can adapt with it or be left behind. But if I'm left behind, there's so much old content that I'll be happy anyway. You know, like, what's sure. the deal with canon? Yeah, and I mean, there's a... <laughs> there's a lot of people that that Luke spoke to, you know, that you can be sent to these dark places and come out of it. And so I understand that. Um, I know a lot of people that really enjoy the last Jedi. Um, to me, it's just doesn't really do much for me. I don't like that direction of Luke, but we're all, we're all different. And, just because that version doesn't speak to me, it might to somebody else. And it might be their Luke that they like just as much as I like, you know, Mando finale Luke. Um, and I think that's the, the right way to, to go forward um, because that's how we operate in life. You know, like we don't all like the same things. We don't all have the same traits. Different things mean different things to us. And, um, you know, that's, what I thought was kind of the point of storytelling is um, finding different things that speak to you. And it does seem kind of silly at times. If, if you really get in your thoughts about it, that like, this is a fantasy, it's a space opera, you know, why does this have such an impact on me? But it does, you know, they're, they're cool stories and um, you know, we can all relate to certain aspects of it. Like for me, I love Anakin, not because he's the young, flashy, cool one, but because I love the story of like, man, you can have it all and it not be good enough. And the people around you can take you down and, you know, if you're not careful, cause you to do awful things and become somebody that you don't know, but you can still be redeemed, you know, like 
and it does that statement does seem weird because he did kill many people and many kids so him killing the emperor at the end really doesn't absolve him from that stuff i understand that but uh you gotta you gotta draw a line somewhere and and say this is still a story it's not like he actually did that if somebody in real life did that probably wouldn't think of it that way but it's a story you know so um i i left the prequels not the prequels the sequels in theaters loving them i saw the force awakens probably eight nine times in the theater um and you know loved it i still enjoy the force awakens um the last jedi i left the theater loving it you know rise of skywalker i left the theater loving it and it wasn't until um afterwards that you know i kind of started to examine the story a little bit and think about what do i like about this character and that's when i was kind of like ah i don't know i don't know if i if i like this but um a really long really long way of saying there's what you said enough to go around if you don't like it focus on what you do like and uh i think that applies to the canon legends debate i don't think it's much of a debate yeah and I, i think it's so silly to debate it and especially like when star wars fans are focusing on canon marvel fans are like dancing around in the multiverse and all these different versions of characters and you know the what ifs and this and that i get it like i don't want that in star wars per se but i definitely embrace the fact that someone can say well i like heir to the empire thrawn a little more than ahsoka thrawn and i can see a little bit of uh, yeah. a difference in the depiction or folks who may say they're not different whatsoever um you know it's just not something to for me to get hung up on you know because it's you know i'm not going to let someone tell me what sure. stories to enjoy but i understand like you know hey for star wars to carry on you know eventually they have to mine the best areas of star wars storytelling and you know at the expense of all the great older eu stories i mean they had to be wiped away for new content i mean i get it it's at the end of the day like disney had to run star wars more like a business than i think lucas would have ever done with just lucasfilm but i mean that's a whole different topic yeah i mean there's pros and cons to it right like I have, because of Disney, I have a holocron right at my desk. You know, I I would never have anything like that. I've got, um, you know, I got to stand in front of the Millennium Falcon because of Disney, you know, and that wouldn't have existed. Or maybe it would, but it wouldn't be something that I would really have much access to. But even your Buzz Lightyear, Um, man. You know, your so, Buzz Lightyear, like I know that was always through and through a Disney thing, but when I was younger, like they weren't yeah. making that even back then. And you can credit the merchandising effect of a Star Wars film to think, wait, people might buy a truly life size Buzz and a truly life size Woody, like the movie. Yeah, um, and they were right. Yeah, definitely. You know, and so there's. It's it's why I wholeheartedly agree with your. There's no scarcity. Um, we've only we've gotten more of everything, and it hasn't all been amazing, but it's more. Um, and in my opinion, 
unless it's like god awful that's better than nothing like i i would rather have the last jedi than no movie mm-hmm. at all oh absolutely um ooh i do have something i could throw at you regarding the more recent movies then um i have a theory that if i had any power over the films if one could reorder the release order of the five Disney films, they may have been more warmly received. And my only thought would be if I could wave a magic wand to have gone from the force awakens ending with Han Solo's passing to solo. So sort of like having a flashback to seeing his youth, his exuberance, having that almost like painful twisting of the knife, like here, like enjoy Han once more after we just literally toss him down a shaft and then go into the last Jedi, which is almost like a you know another mourning phase and a way to say goodbye to that character. Unfortunately, like also while eventually saying goodbye to Luke, but you know, still I kind of wonder how maybe how Solo would have been received if it was released before the Last Jedi instead of after, and conversely, how the Last Jedi would be received if it kind of had a different theme with the release order of the movies do you kind of follow yeah and i mean i i've thought about something similar not so much as in-depth as what you just said but maybe if they had released solo not three months after the last yeah that's who um when people were still really pissed like even if they had done it in the following december you know how would it have been received but I do think that if they had released it before The Last Jedi, it would have been received way better. And another thing that I was thinking about with Solo specifically is there definitely is demand for that movie and more content from that movie. You know, the the book that just came out, I can't remember what it's called. Um, the Kira but there book, was right? the Crimson Rain. Yeah, yeah. She's a cra- she's a she's a really good character. Um, and I, people definitely want more, more there. There was the Crimson Rain comic series, which was really cool. It was, it was a bit strange at times for sure. And, um, hard to follow, but overall it was a really, really cool story. Um, and it was really just about Kira. Um, you know, and I see it all over social media. People like that movie. Um, and I'm hoping that Disney perks up their ears a little bit and gives us a little bit more, even if it's, you know, more text-based content. I'm sure there won't be another movie. It seems like the Lando show is not going to happen, um, you know, for one reason or another, which is fine. I don't know how interested I am in that series anyways. I like Lando, but um, I don't know. That, that's just, that idea just doesn't really do much for me. I like the idea of taking these shows and giving more, you know, in books or or comics. I think that's the way to go. Like with um, Ahsoka, what's Balin? Mm. I want, I want a mm. trilogy about him. Books. I I mean, obviously, if if there's going to be more of him, they kind of have to do it that way, but. Um, you know, tell these stories further. It doesn't have to be a huge multi-million dollar 
limited series or or movie you can write books and people will take in that content yeah i um and on the other hand i mean you you just mentioned like the multi-million dollar movie um and they just mentioned the lando series with kenobi i was never in the camp of you know this should have been a movie as it was airing but then sometimes like when i do want to rewatch it i'm like oh there's parts especially parts without kenobi on screen where i'm like all right i'm not sure i'm really into this and i kind of wish like for the legacy actors and ewan is definitely one of our star wars legacy actors um i kind of wish he got the movie treatment um i mean i think hayden being in ahsoka as a live action series for disney plus worked beautifully um since he wasn't headlining the series um but yeah, I mean, I just think again, it's the, it's how many times you want to trot something out, and again, will people tune into eight episodes of Lando? I don't know, and I also don't know, like you said, is it really happening? Um, you know, we're going to get into the Dave Filoni article in a little bit, and they talk about like certain projects that are moving forward or maybe moving forward, um, and notably, like something that wasn't mentioned was Lando, um, but we can get into that later. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good segue into yeah, it, you know, it. It, because I, the the article, was it, it was Wade no, that Wade, shared, uh, right? Yeah, or was he it sent you? it to us. So the, the big news today is that Dave Filoni has become, what is it, the chief uh, creative yes, sir. Yep. officer or something, it's some title like that, of Lucasfilm, so he'll be sounds like number two to Kathleen or uh, on the same level, but probably number two to her. And, you know, he'll have, you know, authority over everything. And one of the things that I found interesting about that article was Dave was being looped in on these projects, all these projects, but sometimes like really late into the game. And um, that is surprising. I, 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 I guess I assumed that he was involved in as much as he could be as early as he could be, but maybe not. But I almost wish that they didn't say that um, because what I'm seeing is like on social media is people, any little thing that they didn't like about a show um, now wouldn't have happened if mm-hmm. Dave was at the helm. Um, and that's just so toxic and it it's setting him up for failure because as great as he is i love everything that he's done um a few episodes ago we did a question of like is there anything that he's done that you didn't agree with and i couldn't think of anything um i think wade had a small note but i've loved everything that he did but to to say to go back and say, oh, he would have done this if he had had the ability to, is not helpful. And it may not be true. For all you know, he is responsible for that thing that that you didn't like. So it just, that type of conversation only promotes um, what makes sometimes, you know, these conversations with people so tough to have because they're never going to be happy. What are they going to do? What are they going to do now when when there's something that comes out that isn't you know, perfect? 
You know, I I'm almost inspired to go into my tweets right now because I had a tweet that was kind of sarcastic many months ago. Um, I think it was around the time of like a Rebels anniversary of some sort. And I'll I'll have to send it to you later, and we'll 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 post it to the account because it was almost verbatim along the lines of, you know, Star Wars is made by more than just the guy in the hat, and it was at the time because yeah, all the praise was going like Dave Filoni's way, and I was like, as for as much of that credit that's due, there are so many more people making Star Wars than just him. But, you know, at the same time, um, that note you mentioned is discouraging because I think back to a show like Resistance and it was kind of confusing what his involvement with that show was from the get go. Um, And that's never stuff that you want to get out because, like you said, it just becomes toxic. People latch on to that negatively for their own weird purposes, for clicks, like for whatever it is, and they make a story out of nothing. you know, because they'll take their dissatisfaction out on a show like Resistance and say, well, it's because I guess Dave wasn't in the loop the whole time, you know? Yeah, like it. Yeah. Can't say that. Like, you don't know, right? And it it doesn't move anything. And it's only going to, you're, you're almost kicking the rock down the road, right? Because he's going to do something that you don't like. Yeah, and I want to – I'm trying to bring up the story, actually, if I can. I'll have to bring it up on my phone. Um, you know, notably – so, you know, I just mentioned how Lando wasn't mentioned. Um, I was kind of surprised that I don't believe Ahsoka Season 2 was officially acknowledged. Um, I haven't seen it officially acknowledged anywhere. I've heard uh, rumors of it, but nothing – Nothing official, so right. you, you never know. Rumors. I mean, I don't mean that sarcastically. I just um, the only things I think that were officially acknowledged as happening were Skeleton Crew, and I thought of Wade when I saw that. Oh no, no, no I'm sorry. Um, the films. Yeah. I thought it was uh, it was good to see an official reference to the three films that they want to put out in a couple of years. Um, yeah. because, you know, as I'm sure you've seen people on Twitter, elsewhere, Facebook, Reddit, just want to keep saying like, these films are never happening. I'll believe it when I see it. And sure, I understand, but if they don't happen, it's not going to be for the reasons that the folks on Reddit, Twitter, et cetera, are saying, I'm sure it's going to be for some much larger unforeseen reasons that we can't imagine, you know? Sure. Um, but Yeah. I do feel good that I do feel good that these these projects are in his hands now. Yeah, I think um, the only I mean, at the top of my head, the only thing that I'm super confident that he's not involved in is Andor. You know, I'm totally fine with, you know, Tony Gilroy finishing that off, um, you know, by himself with his crew, um, with both his brothers, I believe, and everyone from season one. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I mean, I think even if folks don't love Ahsoka, if folks don't love every part of the Clone Wars, if they don't love every part of the Filoniverse, as it were, um, I think it just having a single vision, you know, not necessarily a single aesthetic, but, you know, just the stewardship that Feige is giving to the Marvel movies, you know, I think that might be more of the role that um, uh, Filoni is in now. 
Yeah. Which is kind of, I think, what we've all wanted for a long time anyways. And it feels like what took you so long to get here? Like, what does he need to do? You know, he's been involved in so much and been directly responsible for some of the biggest wins, you know, of the last five years. But we're here now. And uh, well, not to not to spin conjecture, but I wonder if it has anything to do with just, you know, fan backlash. Um, you know, I wonder if at one point in time was Lucasfilm hoping that Ryan Johnson would be that person. You know, up until the film was released, again, they were penning a trilogy for him. So did they maybe hope that he'll he's going to have a trilogy and then he'll want to step into a larger role with Lucasfilm? Maybe. Um, you know, then that goes a different way. Favreau comes into the picture. He's beloved. Then some fans have gripes with some of the more recent Mando seasons and whatnot. And some fans turn on him. And does he maybe not want to be involved in that because he's a smart guy and he sees the backlash and why, again, take that on. I'm not saying like Filoni is third choice because, I mean, clearly, as you said, that's a, a position that many fans, ourselves included, have envisioned for him. Um, but I think he's definitely been groomed in the right way now with all the experiences he's had. I mean, he was there with Ryan Johnson for the last Jedi. He's been under Favreau's wings the entire time. He was under Luke's wings. Like he's been under Kathleen Kennedy's wings the entire time as well. I mean, there's no one better for this role. Yeah. I always, you bring up something that I've always, I've been looking for the right time to bring it up, but People seem to forget, you know, that Dave had very high praise for Ryan Johnson. You know, it's like it's almost like they leave that out because it doesn't fit the the narrative that, you know, Ryan Johnson stinks. And listen, I don't like The Last Jedi. There's a lot that I don't like about it. Some things I, I enjoy, but I understand a lot of the criticism and I agree with a lot of it. But Ryan Johnson's not a bad director. You know, he has put out a ton of great stuff outside of Star Wars. And yeah, it didn't really work out. But um, that doesn't mean that he's all bad. And when Dave says things, you know, like he he got a lot from Ryan Johnson. And, you know, he was really good to him and, and learned so much about how to direct and write. You should listen to that, you know, and uh, give... It's hard, but give Ryan Johnson a little bit of credit because, you know, you never know if things would be different if Dave hadn't spent oh, that yeah. time. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is why I'm so jazzed if we talk about The Last Jedi in the future because um, I can't highly recommend enough for people to challenge themselves and to challenge their perspective and to give the commentary a listen if they've never tried to because – if folks do, they will have a completely different perspective on Ryan Johnson. I swear they will. Um, I mean, because again, if you you watch the film with the commentary, so you're not even like really hearing the dialogue. You're just listening to another fan as if he's just hosting a podcast for you know two and a half hours. Um, because that movie, it looks like Star Wars. It sounds like Star Wars. It feels like Star Wars when you're sitting there. It's just the choices that people didn't love. And again, like when I heard him talk yeah. about his his story writing process, working with the actors, I was like, it 
there there are things I really don't like about it. There are choices I don't like. There are directing choices that I thought were abysmal. But there's a lot I do love about it. Um, and I think Lucasfilm and you know at at lar- or at a larger stance, um, Disney and Iger, I think they were super confident in the Last Jedi and were I think taken aback clearly by the reception. Um, I mean, I think that led to so many pivots. Um, yeah, I mean, to the point where, frankly, I was unsure that Skeleton Crew was coming anytime soon until I saw it in the article today. I was like, oh, at least we got another official mention. Like, it's not yeah. it's not DOA. Like, it's out there still. Definitely. You know, I, I'm waiting for the official release date on that, though. I think everybody kind of thinks January, but who knows yeah and if it if it was i was like are you is it then the the claim would be is it being set up for failure because how what there's no lead up time it's almost december right and that was my that was my counter to wade because wade was like no they're ready to go let's get this thing in january and i'm like they they can't do that because they have to now restart all marketing you know, any merch that they want to sell or even try to sell, they have to get that stuff out. And, you know, these campaigns, the, one of the things that, you know, I picked up from, from my time in, in high school, you know, it was a quote, but when you've said it the 10th time, they've heard it for the first time. And that's, that's how I think it works with this marketing stuff. How often do you watch a commercial and you're just like glossed over, you know, you the commercial's over you couldn't say anything about it that's that's how a lot of marketing is and you have to see it you know over and over again for it to to stick especially a lot of marketing these days on social media you're just going to scroll right past that um so they have to do these things and and it takes time for people to because you're 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 going after more than like you and me like we'll see that stuff the second that it's announced but they want more than us they they want the casuals and you know, maybe some new fans to, to watch it. And um, so I don't think January is going to happen. I think you're probably looking at a, a March release or, you know, May or something like that, um, depending on, I guess, what they want to do. But I think it's going to be kind of dry for a few months here while they kick yeah, things back off. Yeah, I think, off. you know, the recent, I mean, all right, let's like, let's look at the Captain Marvel release. It's not what folks probably wanted box office wise. And I think that's going to be instructive for any release. And I get it. Like you don't get a box office, you know, receipt for these Disney plus shows. But at the end of the day, I think Disney does want to manage any and all perception. Um, And that could lead to how they release things and how soon they release them. You know, again, there's been no marketing for skeleton crew, hardly any official imagery. Like I don't think anything released online, like no, nothing in a magazine, um, you know, just the screenshots and the leaked videos from celebration and like the leaked trailer and things of that nature. Um, like I don't even know what it's about yet, but you know, again, it's headlined by Jude Law, so at least I'm I'm there. I'm there for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna watch it because it's Star Wars, but I'm telling you, I'm flat out not excited. Like I don't know what to be excited for. Yeah. I'm hoping that we get something that tells me what to be excited for, but um, yeah, we'll see. We haven't so heard, other we haven't things heard mentioned in the article. 
um, the Alkalite, which of course, like we knew that was a thousand percent official. They've been releasing some images of that. What's your excitement regarding that show? Um, that one, I know it's kind of contrary to what I just said, but I'm excited for, I don't know anything about that show. Like I, I know I just said that I'm not excited about Skeleton Crew because I don't know anything (laughs) about it, but yeah, I know, I know, I know. But this is, this is a type of Star Wars that I don't think we've ever seen before. So I'm really excited to see what happens with it. I'm a little bit nervous because of some of the things that I've heard about the the production. Um, but I think that this is going to be a really cool opportunity to tell a brand new type of Star Wars. Whereas Skeleton Crew, I think it I think it's probably going to be good, but is it that different? You know. Um, it seems it seems to me like it's probably going to be um another good star wars story like maybe a andor type um that isn't as compelling as andor but it's just a star wars story um whereas acolyte is just going to be first of all i love anything to do with sith um, so I'm interested in, in what we're going to get there. I'm interested in, uh, the, the leaks that we've gotten look really cool. Like visually they look cool. So I am excited for that show, but kind of cautiously again, because of some of the rumors and that we've gotten about, uh, some of the mm-hmm. people involved. Um... What about you? I think I do feel the same way about Skeleton Crew. You know, outside the Jude Law factor, I'm definitely excited for him. But again, I don't know what to be excited for. I thought that was a great point you just said. Um, Alkali, I would be more excited, I think, if I was a little more well-versed with the High Republic. But I haven't dipped my toes into that yet. Um, Regardless, though, like I'm kind of visually expecting it to be a lot of like whenever Balin and Shin were on screen. Like, I know they weren't Sith, but and this is going to be a Sith thing. But just, again, aesthetically, that was really, like, eye-catching for me. So sure. imagine there's going to be more of that, but also some cool prequel-ish era-looking Jedi. I'm there for it. Um, I guess, you know, we can wrap up with this story in Star Wars news, maybe with hitting on the films. Like, are you... I mean, I feel like you're going to be looking forward to the Filoni film, the you know, heir to the empire film. So we can maybe gloss over that, but what are your thoughts on the Ray film and the, the film from James Mangold, which I guess is going to be a old, old Republic, how the Jedi came to be epic. I can't express to you how excited I am for that one. Um, Cause again, we haven't seen anything like that. Like, is there even any legends content that covers that? Maybe there is, I don't know, but um, to go that far back and see where, like where it all started is going to be unbelievable. Like I have such high expectations for that, um, but open, right? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just excited to, to get that story. Uh, and then the Ray film, I'm very excited about that too, because my hope 
um, expectation is that they're going to learn from some of the missteps of the sequels and really make Ray the character that uh, I think everybody hoped that she would be. I still think Ray's a cool character. Um, I think that the the Mary Sue conversation, I don't think that's quite fair. Um, I get some of the points. You know, there's a little bit of truth in, in everything, but I'm really hoping that they really dig in and we see more about her because it is true that I personally, I think it's ridiculous that over the course of like three months, she goes from living in a, you know, an old ATAT to now she can, you know, she's running stuff. You know, I understand that that was the progression in the original trilogy, but it wasn't that quick. Uh, it wasn't even close to that quick. So I am optimistic about, I'm cautiously optimistic about that one, but I do think that they have learned a lot from the the sequel movies and they'll execute better with this Ray movie. And, you know, maybe Daisy Ridley will get her. Um, I don't, I don't like the word redemption. It's the same as with the, the prequels, because I don't think that she needs to be redeemed. Um, but I think it will be good if she can get uh, a film that is positively received and she gets because she worked her ass off for you know those movies like she really trained and and did her did her best you know kind of the way that i think hayden did so i am i'm excited for both of those yeah movies. that's a really cool way to put it um you know you mentioned learning from the past and i think enough time has passed since even just the rise of skywalker came out where clearly the filmmakers are kind of going to know you know what do we want from this movie um, I kind of just wrote a note. It's like a unofficial episode 10 in my head. Um, and it's going, it's kind of so yeah. weird imagining like a solo film or again, like a, a spinoff or an anthology, like a one film thing for a star Wars character for magnitude. I mean, I get it. Han got one as well, but like, it's going to be of a main star Wars character with that actor reprising them. Like it's, I don't know. It's almost like maybe the best of both worlds of Kenobi, but not being a six episode thing, just being the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, but Hey, maybe we can wrap on sure. this one little bit of news. Um, Star Wars bounty hunter, the video game is 21 years old as of this week. Um, so I believe you're not too familiar with the game though. Is that right? That's right. Okay, Never so played this it. is a game I was incredibly familiar with. Um, I was playing it on GameCube back in, well, I mean, 21 years ago when it came out. I was obsessed. I mean, this was Django Fett. You're just hunting down <laughs> bounties. There was really, really cool commercials for it. You can find them on Twitter or YouTube. Um, there's awesome, awesome cutscenes. I mean, they, these were like back in the days of the, the old expanded universe and what was really cool is um the book and comic writers would often tie in what was happening in from the video games into their stories and vice versa so there was that synergy back then um so there was never a wasted second if you were doing something in the game it almost felt like it had an impossible payoff in a future book somehow um so a really cool game um i'm sure i guess you know, now it's available on Switch again. It's available on like any Nintendo system, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sweet, I'll have um, to get it. The only thing it's not really available for is Xbox, of course, so that's I'm stuck without it. <laughs> yeah. We got a switch here. I, yeah. Maybe I'll pick it up for that. Well, cool. Happy birthday to the Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I'm glad you got so much joy out of that game. Um, well, we're going to wrap up. You know, Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us for over an hour today. Uh, Wade, we miss you. Hopefully you can join us again next week. And I think next week we're going to plan to talk about the holiday special. So uh, the old one, not, not the new Lego one. Uh, the original that despite George's best efforts still exists. Um, so for watch free. it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> Prepare for, for next week. Yeah, it's for free. Um, try to, I challenge you to watch the whole thing. And if you've never seen it, that is a challenge. So um, join us next week. But for now, uh, we will catch you guys soon. Later, everyone.